watching on Facebook or uh, any other internet means, and especially if you're not a member of the Boonville Church of Christ, thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We are having to go back to online services only for a few weeks because of a, a spike in the number of coronaviruses in our area. But we hope that it's only going to be for just a short while, and then we'll be back meeting together. This morning we have a, a special request for a prayer for one of our sisters. Sister Beth Gino called me earlier this week, or last week, and she expressed an interest to say that she had done a lot of things that was, she was not a, uh, not a
Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the day that you've blessed us with. So thankful for this opportunity to worship you, Father. We pray that everything we do this morning will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Father, giving you all the glory and giving you all the praise. We pray, Father, for those who may be hurting, those who are dealing with the, with the virus or other sicknesses, the families of those who've lost loved ones. We pray that you would bless them and comfort them, Father, in a way that only you can. We pray, Father, that you would be with this congregation, be with this community and our health. We pray that we may be able to gather back together and, and worship you together soon, Father. But, Father, we are very thankful for the technology we have that we can still worship you. Pray, Father, that you would be with Brother Stephen this morning as he brings the lesson to us. We pray that we may all listen attentively, have an open heart, and take what he, he teaches this morning, Father, and apply it to our lives, become better equipped to serve you. Lord, we love you so very much, and we're so sorry for when we fall short of what you deserve. We pray that you'll please forgive us, Father. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings, but especially the blessings we have in Christ. In his name we do humbly pray. Amen. Psalm before the lesson today will be, This World is Not My Home. This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Yeah. 
What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate so very much all of you who uh, are listening and uh, worshiping with us at home. And I appreciate those who have come this morning to help make that something that is uh, glorifying to God. It's good to be with uh, these folks this morning. It's good to be with you. And I hope and pray that we'll be able to be back together uh, soon. But it is also my prayer that as you worship today, that that's exactly what you're doing. Don't just watch this, but be a part of it. Sing, pray, uh, remember the Lord's death in a few minutes with us. Let's worship together. And as we do that... I ask you to open your Bibles and let's think for just a few minutes uh, about some things from the Word of God that will help us praise Him, glorify Him, and hopefully serve Him. Now, this morning as we allow God to speak to us through His Word, I want you to think about, you see that big L on the screen, you may be wondering where, that's, uh, where we're going with that. Uh, in just a moment, I'll show you. But I want you to think on a scale of 1 to 10... Ten being the absolute most important, most uh, necessary, and one being little importance, if no importance at all. Where would you say that winning, being a winner, fits on that scale from one to ten for most people in our world, in our society? Ten? Or in some cases way above ten? Uh, in fact, yesterday, there were many of you, uh, some of you may have actually been there in person, but I know from uh, seeing some Facebook posts that folks uh, were interested in the Ole Miss-Mississippi State game. 
the Egg Bowl. There were people who were interested in the um, Auburn-Alabama game. So if, if I wasn't a part of that or I had no knowledge of that or someone else didn't, and they, they, you, they knew you did and said, hey, uh, you uh, watched the Egg Bowl yesterday, I did. Well, who lost? Usually they don't ask that question, do they? Somebody wants to know about that big game that, that happened. Uh, well, well, who was the loser? Don't usually ask that. Who was the winner? Who won? In fact, I've been following uh, Mars Hill Bible School, their high school, and they're doing quite well in the state uh, football playoffs. In fact, they're going to play in the state championship. You know, people have made some comments on Facebook that said, hope you win it all. What would you say if you read a post that said, y'all have won enough, now I hope you lose? See, so you're, you're laughing because we just don't do that. That would be considered rude. That would be appalling if somebody were to say such a thing, wouldn't it? Because we don't usually do that. Winning is absolutely important. I did a little Google search for books that have the word win or winner or uh, winning in its title. And I stopped, around, I stopped at 300 and the choices just kept coming. Because winning is important. But what if I said to you this morning that if you open your Bible and you look at it closely, you're going to find that one of the great paradoxes of being a, a child of God is that order, in order to win, you have to lose. What if I actually said to you that if you look in, into Scripture, God actually wants you to be a loser? And you think, okay, wait a minute. Now that's strange. I've never heard of that. Would that go against the grain of the way that many of us think, the way that a lot of people think? God wants me to be a loser, to win, I have to lose. Actually, that goes so much against the grain of the way many people think. Now, I know I'm supposed to be looking at this camera, because, but y'all have really thrown me, Chris has thrown me a curve this morning, I can't help myself. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to do my best to look toward the camera. But, okay, I have to be a loser, uh, that is so much against the grain of the way we think as human beings that, guess what? Uh, Satan will build a barrier around which some people just simply cannot get because, wait a minute, I, I, they don't teach us to lose, they teach us to win. If you're going to play, win. In fact, there are some individuals, I love them dearly, but I can name a couple right now if I were to be so bold that I don't even want to play Scrabble with, I don't want to play any, uh, softball with because they want to win so bad that it's sometimes it's not fun. And some of you are thinking, uh, yeah, well, you don't want to play with me either. Uh, because competitiveness is a part of our human nature. But when we look into Scripture, Jordan read that Scripture to us this morning. Did you hear what Jesus said? If you want to save your life, you have to lose it. We'll talk about that a little more in just a minute. But God wants me to be a loser. Okay, preacher, if that's true, what exactly does that mean? What am I supposed to lose? In the first place, may I suggest to you that God wants me to be a loser because, number one, God wants me to lose weight. And you say, now, wait a minute. Uh, surely you're not going to stand up there and, and come into my home after the Thanksgiving meal that I just had and talk about being a... Uh, wait, uh, my weight's got... Not that kind of weight. In fact, I'm not trying to be silly or sarcastic. In fact, I couldn't be more serious. When you open the Word of God and look into it, when I, I really look into my heart and I examine the way I live, God says you have to lose some weight. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, notice that passage. Therefore, also, since we are surrounded by so...
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with uh, endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We could spend the rest of our time talking about how we look to Jesus who is the author and the the completer of our faith. And we learn from our Master and our Lord and our King who sits at the right hand of the throne of God. Or we can talk about Hebrews 11 and all of those witnesses, all of those uh, great examples of faith. But folks, I don't want to do either one of those. Because I want you to notice in the very middle of that passage, may I suggest to you that I will never run the race of being a Christian with endurance. I will never be able to uh, let Jesus build the faith in me that I need. I will never be able to live as those in Hebrews 11 lived until I do exactly what's said in the middle. Sometimes we love to talk about Jesus on the throne. We love to talk about the faith faith of Moses, Abraham, and all of those in Hebrews 11, but we don't really want to talk about what's in the middle. He said, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside the sin that does so easily beset us. You and I have to understand something. We have to understand that if you read that passage, I hope you'll go home today and read it a little more closely, maybe in a way you never have. He didn't say if you have a weight, you've got to get rid of it. He didn't say when sin is a problem, you have to get rid of it. He said, since we're surrounded by these witnesses... Let us run with, the endure, the, uh, with endurance that race. But to do that, we have to put weight aside. He's suggesting that in every one of our lives, at some point in our lives, if not at every point, there's going to be something that is weighing on us that holds us back from being what we're supposed to be, that keeps us from serving God the way we should. And we have to, number one, recognize that and get rid of that. We have to be willing to say, I struggle with this sin. I'm not going to tell Bo because that's between me and God. Bo's not going to tell me because that's between him and God. I'm not going to tell Jordan, hey, unless I'm asking for his encouragement. And it's okay to do that. But that I have a sin or two that bug me. And I'll tell you, one of mine is worry. And I say that, you know, I, I, I love to laugh and grin when I say that, but the truth is, if there was a sin that could keep me out of heaven it'll be that one and I know that and therefore I have to always pay attention that when that's near I've got to move it away from me and that's exactly what the Hebrew writer says if there is anything in your life can you imagine yesterday Jordan had the was it yesterday that you had the privilege of baptizing somebody I want you to imagine someone coming up out of the waters of baptism I'm not trying to be cute here But I want you to imagine somebody coming up out of that baptistry, grinning, happy to be a child of God, and then come out of the baptistry and there was a rope trailing behind that person. And then that person pulls up this huge concrete weight and it bounces down the steps and he drags it up the aisle and he said, well, that's just kind of silly, kind of comical. But sometimes that's what we do in our lives. There's that one thing we just can't get rid of. There's that one thing we just won't turn loose of. But this writer says to run with race the endurance with endurance the race set before us, we've got to lose weight. We have to get rid of that whatever it is that holds us back. But number 2, God not only says you must lose weight, 
God wants us to be a loser and lose our worth. Our worth. In Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. Now, verses 1 through 6, Paul was dealing in Philippians with a group of people who would reach back to the old law, the law of Moses, and would uh, shackle others to that same thing. And Paul said, now, in verses 1 through 6, he said, there are things that I, there are some accolades that I, Paul had, there are some things that I attained in the law, absolutely, that I could consider very worth. That, that's what made me who I am, made me Paul or Saul. But what did he say in verse 7? What things were gained for me, I have counted loss for Christ. I count all things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Watch this. And I count them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness which is from God by faith. What did Paul say? I have to lose anything that gives me my worth, my self-worth, if it's outside of Jesus Christ. Anything that is so important to me that is worth more than my service to God, my faith in Christ, my allegiance to Christ, I've got to lose it. Now, isn't that exactly, remember we mentioned those Examples in Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 11, verse 24, beginning by faith, Moses, when he came, became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasure, the passing pleasures of sin. King James says the pleasures of sin for a season, for he looked for a reward. Isn't that the, the way we like to read that? We, we, we like to, to preach that? That he would not... He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He would not enjoy those passing pleasures of sin because he looked for a reward. Now some of you are looking at me like you're misquoting, you're not quoting all of that. I did that on purpose. Because sometimes we fail to notice that middle part. Yes, Moses uh, apparently was taught. And yes, Moses, when he became of age... He had been taught something that was within him that he said, I will not stay in Egypt. I will not uh, be a part of these things uh, because I know they're wrong. He had to be taught that. Another lesson. He looked for a reward. He knew who God was and he looked to God. That's another lesson. Look in the middle. Why did Moses refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter? Why did Moses choose to follow God and suffer the reproaches of the people of God? Because he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. He understood that there uh, is something that is more valuable, more worth, uh, worth more because of its eternal nature. He understood that there are things that are treasures, that are heavenly treasures, and they are worth more than treasures here in Egypt, treasures here on earth. Folks, isn't that what you and I have to think about? Isn't that what you and I have to understand? We have to lose the things that are worth something in the eyes of the world. It makes me think of uh, Matthew 13, 32, where Jesus taught the parable of the soils and the hearts. And he said those who uh, plant the seed, the seed that's planted in the thorny ground... What happens to those thorns? They grow up and they choke out the Word. 
But he said in verse 32 what those were. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. He said those things, we think those things are so worth. And I don't want to get too personal here, but on one occasion, someone I love dearly looked at me and said, would you be willing to give up and named something important? You'd give up that for and then name some physical things. And in that moment, some many years ago, I said, yeah. And then I went, whoa, wait, no, I didn't say that. I don't mean that. But why did I say it? Then I had to have a long, soul-searching conversation with myself. And that's exactly what Moses did. Moses said there are things that are worth a whole lot, but there are things that are worth a whole lot more. So I've got to not just say, I'll share, I get rid of those things that aren't worth my soul. God wants us to lose weight. God wants us to lose our worth and know what is worth most. But then number three, God says, to win, you have to lose your will. God wants me to lose my will. And before we think about that, myself, I want you to notice what Christ did. I hope you'll read this verse and see Christ in a way you've never seen him before. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he, speaking of God, who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had... That's Jesus, watch this. In the days of his flesh, when he'd offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and fears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. That's Jesus recorded in the book of Matthew. That's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. It says, he, with vehement cries and fear and uh, tears to him who was able to save him from death. When Jesus, the Son of Man, also the Son of God, but the Son of Man in the Garden, when he cried out, let this cup pass from me, he wasn't kidding. When he said, let this cup pass from me and was in such stress that the capillaries under his skin broke and the sweat and blood mixed together, you couldn't be any more stressed than that. You couldn't be any more afraid physically than that. Jesus was under that kind of strain. But notice every time, what did he say? Your will be done. And that's why this verse means so much. He was heard because of his godly fear, though he were a son. Too many times we, we start there when we ought to back up and read the whole thing. Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to you and me if we obey, to all who obey him. You and I have to be willing to lose our own will. It's not my will. It's not what's best for me. It's not what uh, I will serve you as long as it works out well for me, but I will serve you no matter what. I will serve you, I will submit to you the way Jesus submitted to his role as the son. And that's what that's talking about there. In Matthew 16, 24 through 27, Jesus said, and it's similar to what Jordan read this morning, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. First of all, I have to lose myself. I have to lose myself and my own will. Take up his cross, make a decision. Follow me for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Now listen to it again. This is Matthew's account of what Jordan read from Luke. 
Whoever will lose his life for my sake will find it. Let me stop right there for just a brief moment. Sometimes I'm afraid that we read that and say, well, I have to be willing to die, just like they were in that day. Certainly that was a, uh, something under consideration when Jesus stood and said these words out loud as he walked upon this earth. But folks, look at that context. That context doesn't seem to be discussing the threat of physical death, though it certainly would apply. But watch what he says. It goes much deeper than that, I think is the point to be made. What does it profit? Uh, profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man, and I included verse 27 for a reason. We'll begin to close now with this. For the Son of Man will come in his glory, in the glory of his Father and with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to his works. Now, that verse we're used to. He'll reward each one according to his works. Well, yeah, Judgment Day. But why is that verse, why is verse 27 after 26, 25, and 24? And don't say because that's how they come numerically. Oh, no, no. <laughs> the numbers were added by men. Let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross. Let him follow me. If you want to save your life, you have to lose it. Don't give anything in exchange for your soul, for the Son of Man will come with his angels and reward every person according to his work. What work is being discussed there? What work? Is it some active, is it something I do? Is it uh, helping the sick? Is it fee uh, feeding the, uh, the poor, the hungry? Is it coming to worship? No. The work he's talking about in that verse is denying myself. The act of losing my own will, the act of being willing to, to give up everything, to submit my everything to Christ. It has to be. It fits the context. Jesus says you have to be willing. God says, I want you to be a loser. Lose any weight, anything that's holding you back. Is there something keeping you from serving God today? I have to be willing to lose anything that's worth more to me than God and Christ, my soul. And I have to be willing to lose my will and subject it to Christ. Now, this is at the very first of what Jordan read. I want to uh, look back at it again. Am I a loser the way God wants me to be? What will it profit a man? And I'm going to actually refer to the King James. I like the way it reads there. What will it profit a person if he gains the whole world and loses himself? What profit is it to you if you gain everything and lose yourself? Nothing. So to prevent my losing myself, I have to be willing to lose things that would prevent me from serving God. Would you bow with me, please? Thank you, Father, for allowing us to open your truth and study it. Thank you for allowing us to know what you want and lose the things that would hold us back, the things that are not worth our eternal souls, our own will, so we can submit to you. Help us as we strive to study your word and live it in our lives. In his name, amen.
head prepare minds for the Lord's Supper will sing Kingdom of Life. The first, second verse, then go to the chorus, and then go to the main verse in the chorus. Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 28. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Will you bow with me as we bless the loaf? Father, we are so very thankful for your precious Son, for your willingness to send him, Father, and his willingness to do your will and to die for us. We are eternally in your debt, Father. At this time, Father, we pray that you we would remove any worldly thoughts from our mind and focus upon that cross and upon this loaf which represents that body, Father. Please help us to take of it in a way that we will be well pleased in your sight. In Christ's name.
you bow with me, please? Father, as we continue this remembrance, we think back to the cross. On that ultimate sacrifice that Christ given his blood for us, Father. We pray that we may take of this cup which represents that precious blood in a way that would, would be pleasing and accepted on your side. In Christ's name. I also want to remind you this morning you have the opportunity to give on our church website. Also, every day the annex is open. If you, if you will, please bring your contributions to the annex. And also you can pick up your Lord's Supper emblems daily there until 6 p.m. every day. If you would bow with me, we'll pray to God, thanking him for all the blessings. Father, we are indeed so very blessed in this country that we live in. We pray, Father, as we give back to you, that we will remember that everything we have is a blessing from you. We are so thankful for all the blessings, especially the blessings of Christ, Father. In his name we do humbly pray. Amen. Just close in prayer. Uh, Bible class material for sixth grade and down are available on the church website. We encourage you to go on the website and get that material so we can continue to teach our children. Again, the, Lord, the Lord's Supper emblems are available in the Annex daily until 6 p.m. Uh, if you would bow with me, if there's not any further announcements, uh, we'll be, be closed in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful this morning you've, you've allowed us to gather and worship you, Father. We pray that everything we've done this morning is pleasing to you, Father. We pray that we may have worshiped you in spirit and in truth, Father. We pray that we'll take what we learned, apply it to our lives, Father. Become better Christians and more equipped to spread the gospel throughout our communities, throughout our workplaces and our schools, Father. We pray to you, thanking you for all the blessings, Lord, especially just the blessings we have through Christ, Lord. Please go with us for the rest of this day and the rest of the week, Father. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.